<laughs> I'm never quite sure with this Rumble thing uh, whether we're actually live or not. Uh, I, I'm seeing it again. It's uh, it's it's a fascinating thing. This Rumble. I don't want to welcome everybody to this Saturday night special of the world, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. I want to. Oh, we are live. I want to welcome the Rumblers, the Ranthers. I want to welcome everybody that that gave us the most amazing comments on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to us. Having a 4.9 star rating. Whoever gave us that four, shame on you. And uh, we want to thank everybody. It really means the world to us, these comments, and obviously Ben on Truth and all over. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts to the Saturday Night Special. And Ben, it's Saturday night. And I just got paid. Actually, I didn't get paid. Now they think of it. But I did not see some of my usual payees. So in a way, I got paid. Arithmetically and mathematically, I did get paid. Addition by subtraction. Well, it's a little more complicated than that. But anyway, but I did not get, but I also got the incredible pleasure of speaking on the phone to my wifey, the world's most wonderful person at some length. And that was uh, absolutely great. A hundred percent. Again, welcome to Saturday Night Special of the World, according to Ben Stein. And of course, we are joined by America's humble servant, multiple Emmy Award winner, speechwriter to two and a half presidents. Well, actually, wait, let's get correct this because we may be doing this for a while. Uh, I was really a speechwriter and a half for two, for two and a half speechwriters for three presidents because I was full scale speechwriter for uh, Mr. Nixon. And I was a, a full-scale speechwriter for Mr. Ford, and I was a half, and maybe just a quarter, for President Reagan. See, I would humbly have to disagree with you because you gave Reagan the line that pretty much. Well, Reagan won because he was the handsomest guy in America. Yeah, but you gave Reagan the line that sort of helped really propel him. It was a good line. And of course, he's an economist, he's a lawyer. Most importantly, he is a husband and a father. And second, most importantly, he is the doctor, Benjamin Jeremy. He is a doctor of brain fever. There are certain people whose brains are on fire with great ideas, and they cannot get them out. But I help them get them out. And there you are. And uh, we broadcast from California, usually different parts sometimes. and the Lord knows God, Stein has lots of houses. But God knows, Ben, today was a long drive. Judah did all the driving. It was fantastic. He did it very, very well. And uh, it was just very impressive. And uh, so if any of us seem tired, it was uh, four and a half hours. We're very tired. We're very, very tired. Four and a half hours on the freeway, but we love doing this for fun and for free. And Ben, I I brought up this suggestion to you, and I texted Ben Boychuk, and I said they should use the $98 billion surplus California has from our tax dollars, and sort of like how they paid people during COVID to stay home, pay people to stay off the road. Well, I have a better idea. Why don't we raise the price of gasoline to a really, really astronomical level, and then nobody, we hope, no one will want to drive. I, I, I this is where I, I, it would have to be probably about 30 bucks a gallon. Fine with me. <laughs> I yeah, like I, to be I, home with my wife anyway. I, I got to be, I got to be honest with you. I, it's, it, it's insane. Uh, but again, see, I, you're the second person who called me insane that I don't like it. I didn't call you insane. 
Yeah. I, I think a little touchy over there because I, I was referring to the uh, gas prices and the surplus of our tax dollars being insane. Yeah, well, I want to know. I think you asked the best question. What on earth, what on earth is the state of California doing to have racked up that incredible surplus? I mean, really, things are not so great here, but I did see something very, very funny in the newspaper, the LA Times, which is really, really, it's really, really funny. It's called the newspaper. Uh, it's uh, someone has suggested uh, that they spend some of that improving the schools and making it so the kids come out of the schools knowing a lot. I have news for you. It has nothing to do with whether or not you're spending a lot on the schools. It has to do with whether the kids want to learn. Uh, Abraham Lincoln went to a one-room school on the top of a hill. He learned a hell of a lot. Well, that's Today's really the whole... People, sorry. I was going to say that's the whole point of Freakonomics. Uh, in that book, Freakonomics is one of the things it shows is, is that public school kids are allotted way more money than private school kids. Yes, yes, way more. Way and more. it's, it's one of those things, more, one more. of those little ugly things that nobody likes to talk about. Right, because, because it has to do with race and ethnicity. Plus, it has to do with uh, so many people uh, with pensions and making tons of money. And uh, there you are. There you have it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, that's a huge thing, the teachers union. Let's not kid ourselves. Oh, my God. All the public union, all the public workers unions are just incredibly well healed. Incredibly well healed. It's fine with me for the police. I think it's wonderful for the police. If I were a policeman, I would not want to go out every day and get shot at, beat up, hit with an axe. Uh, for enforcing the law. So I, I think it's great. Whatever we pay them is not enough. I I could not agree with you more. I would spend tons from that $98 billion surplus, but you can't because you've pigeonholed them into defunding the police, into the police being the enemy. Imagine if we were to give a raise to the police officers. Well, but wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Wait a second. I think here we have one of our occasional mathematical problems on this show, which is... The amount of money that has been spent or not spent defunding the police and therefore adding to the surplus is absolutely trivial, absolutely incalculable, incalculably small. I no, mean, no, I was simply saying, give the police a raise. From I the, agree. There, from, I agree. From, I'm saying from the, sur- from the surplus. But again, what I w- the point I was trying to make was they can't do that because cops are the enemies. So you can't get the certain pol- groups, right? To these, to, well, to the people that to the people that are uh, in charge of this great state, they've pit, they, they, they've put themselves into such a hole of demonizing the people that are meant to protect us and, and are protecting yeah. us by and large, and are protecting us that they could never uh, that they that they can't give them the raises that are needed and add more cops, add five thousand more, way way more cops. It's insane. It's unbelievably insane. You keep using that word today. How few police there are. We need way, way, way more police. Way more police. I mean, we're basically facing a civil war, an uprising in the United States of America, in which we have the criminal class versus the law-abiding class. It's an actual war. It's going on right now. We are not paying our soldiers who are fighting to enforce the law anywhere near enough, not even close. And we don't have enough prisons and we don't have enough people in the prison guarding the prisoners. And I, I mean, it's, 
It's a very scary time to be a prison guard. I think they should be paid really, really well. I think you're completely right. I think any job where you could die, uh, the, 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 the rate, <laughs> it should go with uh, your salary. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, without question. That, that's it, there's so much crime. There's so little thanks to the people who fight the crime. It's really, uh, well, I guess we, guess we just have to keep saying insane. Wait, yes. Hold on, I have to get my insane helper here. Sir, would you bring me that wonderful blanket I was wearing a little while ago in my room? Yes, sir. And I'm about to show you something. You're about to show me something, or the people listening are watching? Because I've well, seen the blanket. Listening, I can't show. Wait, uh, that's uh, right. Uh, 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 this is my wonder, one of my wonderful Indian blankets that I bought in Sandpoint, Idaho, where there is almost no crime that I'm aware of. And uh, it's a fantastic thing. Really they have know. no crime, but they've made it to three episodes as I've brought up of Forensic Files, which... Uh... <laughs> I know, <laughs> I agree, that's fine. One, one of them is the best episodes of all time of Forensic Files, where the guy assumed the identity of the, the person he killed. Of the, of I know, the, and he buried the person in the basement. And he was and paying he his, his bills. He's getting his mail. Getting his pension check, sending birthday presents to his kid to to, yeah. to to the kids, and that's how they found out was because the signature didn't match up. And by the way, it's Saturday night; we got to have a little levity. And the reason I, we named the show tonight "Republican Party and Stockholm Syndrome" is because I'm blessed that I get to drive around a lot with Ben, and I am I am so blessed that I get to have history uh bestowed upon me I'm humbled and and i mean that i i i am one of the luckiest people in the world well, and last i am night, the luckiest person because i get to be married to alex it's exactly right but so we were driving last night we were driving home from malibu and we were discussing where benji up, also has a house you brought up you brought up yui long and oh, I, this was funny. And I, I, I thought you were referring to the Black Huey Panther, Huey Newton. Huey Newton. And and, I also knew. Well, I'm glad I didn't say. I, I did it. not know Huey Long. Huey Long died before I. I'm glad I didn't think to him. myself Huey Lewis, but no. Uh, no, but no, you Huey brought Long. up Huey Long. I, I did. I did meet Huey Newton a number of times. I want you to tell people a little bit about, and the, this is how the conversation started about the Stockholm syndrome. But I want you to bring up a little bit about who Yui Long was, because I think it's really interesting. And and, and it's, what re- it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Huey Long was governor of Louisiana. And he was born in uh, middle class circumstances in uh, upper, uh, I think, upper northwest Louisiana. And my wife has a lot of family in Louisiana, including one uh, man who was Louis- uh, Huey Long's lawyer. And uh, the... Uh, he uh, was a politician from the word go, and but at the age of either 18 or 19, uh, became railroad commissioner of the state of Louisiana, and or Louisiana, as some people call it. And uh, he uh, then rapidly went from there to being a uh, state senator or some other state legislators, state legislator, and then to being governor. And he was a demon at trying to improve the lot of the people of Louisiana. He, uh, he paved the roads. At the time he took office in this big state, Louisiana, it's not as big as, as California or Alaska, but it's a big state. It only had 30 miles of paved roads. When he was done, it had something like 1,500 miles. Uh, that's, uh, that was of concrete roads. Those are good roads. 
and it had something several hundred miles of asphalt roads, and those are pretty good roads. And uh, the state had almost no bridges, although it's vital that it have bridges across the Mississippi River. And by the time he was done, it had uh, about a dozen bridges. And uh, it's uh, he, he had a college lot. He gave out, out free textbooks uh, for those kids. Uh, he uh, paid the police much more. He was a, a very impressive guy, but he was hated by the liberals because they said he was in the pocket of the contractors and the other people who made money doing all these improvements to the state of Louisiana. And, and per, perhaps to some extent he was. I mean, that's what the nature of state politics is in this country and always has been and perhaps always will be. But uh, he left the state in much better shape than he found it. Uh, as I say, I know him because uh, when I was a young man, uh, which was a long time ago, uh, his, uh, his, I guess, his widow uh, lived near my parents, and uh, I, they used to occasionally have her over to their home, and I would meet her. And uh, his, his, uh, his lawyer was uh, a cousin of my wonderful wife, the world's most fine human being, Alex. And uh, so uh, I knew about him and he was accused of being a dictator over and over and over again, but nobody could ever point out exactly what he was dictating. Yes, he insisted that the people in the state government who wanted patronage from him, or wanted state jobs or wanted a, a bridge or a building built in their town had to be loyal to him and had to vote for him in the state legislature. But that's the way it's always been. And he really accomplished a great, great deal. The poor people liked him. He, when he was a lawyer, before he became governor, he uh, said I had never taken a case against a poor man. And uh, that may well be true. And th thank you extremely much for that history lesson, a very quick synopsis of Huey Long. He ended up getting assassinated. Uh, yes, it's not clear exactly why. Uh, some people said it was because he um, blackmailed a state legislator into voting for him uh, because... Uh, he, I think he was going to reveal that that person was a homosexual and uh, that, and uh, that the state legislator then killed himself. In those days, when people were revealed and outed as being gay, they, they killed themselves. They didn't have giant parades down Santa Monica Boulevard. Don't get me wrong. I think the parades down Santa Monica Boulevard are a great improvement, a great, great, great improvement over suicide. But uh, let's not kid ourselves either. Uh, this guy didn't really do anything that bad uh, that we know of. It's just an allegation that he did this to this gay man in the government. And uh, he accomplished a lot. He put Louisiana on the map as a civilized part of the United States. And he was not a racist. He was practically the only Southern governor who did not win election ever by invoking race. So it reminds me of two things right now. So the, as we start the conversation of uh, Republicans uh, suffering from Stockholm syndrome, it's two Republicans who actually did stuff uh, that they promised. And I mean this more than Reagan, because I think Trump and Nixon did more for the Republican Party. And I think obviously uh, Nixon paved the way for uh, Reagan. Uh, if you read some of his past quotes, he wasn't the biggest fan of Ronald Reagan. But they, 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 they accomplished a, a ton, an absolute ton, and maybe too much sometimes, Ben, because when you accomplish a lot, they come after you. And yeah, you yeah, well, Winston Churchill said that uh, if you've made enemies, 
be proud of yourself because it shows you stood for something. And uh, I think uh, Donald Trump stood for a lot of things. Now, Donald Trump, I agree. I, I certainly would be the first to admit it. His personal mannerisms were quite unpleasant. And uh, he, uh, I know when he was campaigning uh, in 2016, I, I was on some talk show. I don't remember which one. CNN. Uh, CNN, okay. So CNN and said he reminded me of Mussolini. But uh, he didn't turn out to be like Mussolini at all. He turned out to be a man who was very much in favor of equality of rights and uh, privileges for uh, all people, regardless of race and ethnicity. And uh, he was, and the, the sad, sad thing is that in some incredibly, there we go again, insane way, black people have been taught to believe that he was anti-black. He never was, there's never any, never anything at all he had done in the course of his political career that was racist, no, nothing. They never could find one shred of evidence of it, but they just called it to him, called him that by so many times that eventually uh, it, uh, st it stuck. I mean, pure Goebbels uh, Ministry of Propaganda, pure, absolutely unadulterated, but it worked. So I wanna ask you a question. How did you, you're one of the very few that changed your opinion. You changed your opinion of him very quickly as opposed to your, as opposed to a lot of your old establishment or the writers you knew from the past, how were you so able and they weren't able to to look at reality? And you saw the reality of what he did for the Christians, for obviously the the Jews, for blacks, for everybody. And you instantaneously said, pretty much, I love this guy. Well, not instantaneously, but pretty quickly. The first press conference he ever gave, that I, at least that I heard on the radio was one where he was going to uh, unilaterally impose tariffs uh, on Chinese-made goods, which I thought was a terrible idea. But, the, uh, but, but after that, he gave incredible legitimacy to the state of Israel uh, by recognizing uh, Judah, Jerusalem as its capital, which the American uh, politicians had promised to do forever. But the State Department would always block them and not let them do it. I was very impressed with that. Uh, he uh, stood up for uh, anybody who was working and making a living uh, and said uh, that person should get preferential treatment as opposed to people who make their living by robbing and, and killing. And uh, that was rare enough. The Democrat Party had already said pretty much, uh, we want the votes of the killers and the robbers. Uh, I think uh, the slandering of him about sex was just disgusting. I mean, when I, I saw a show uh, on one of my favorite uh, shows uh, hosted by a man I love a lot and who's been my friend. I really was the man who started his career in every way. And uh, that man had a show in which he had a prostitute on who was supposedly, supposedly had been a customer of uh, President Trump and who was talking about the size of his penis and I thought to myself, it's just sickening that American political dialogue has, has what should I say, sunk to a level where a political discourse is, uh, is said to involve a prostitute measuring the size of a man's penis. So that, that to me was a sign that the Democrats had just sunk to the lowest possible level. M Mussolini, speaking of Mussolini, uh, he had a uh, practice which was that he would give uh, very powerful laxatives to his political opponents and then have them march down 
the main streets of, of Rome, like the Via Veneta, which is a very pretty street. And uh, they would, of course, be terribly embarrassed at having uh, fouled themselves, one might say. And uh, Trump uh, was ne never did anything even remotely like that, and never, 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 ever remotely did anything like that. But the Democrats tried to do that to Trump, tried to make it look like he was a big, undisciplined baby befouling himself. And, and that, that to me was sickening. And they still are. And that's where the discussion led to today when I was talking to you about this in the car. And I said, Trump, with, the, with this next special counsel, another special counsel. And he said, I, I have, he, he's going to take no part. And you said, that's great. Good for him. Yeah. Well, and, I've said this before and I'll say it. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. I'm almost done. Go. Uh, what I said before, and I said again, I hope my big wifey is watching this because uh, he shouldn't be just because the uh, Democrats want him to be kicked around uh, by their members of the uh, Congress. He shouldn't say, okay, you can kick me all you want. I mean, the communists in this country of whom there were lots in the 30s and early 40s and mid 40s and even late 40s uh, uh, were called before various uh, congressional committees. And un unlike what you're, you've probably seen in movies, they didn't uh, meekly sit there and be yelled at by the Republicans. They screamed and hollered and yelled back and they were just as militant as could be and were not at all afraid to take the toughest possible stance against the government because they felt they had been uh, denied the rights of free speech, and maybe they had, uh, but and I and but it didn't hurt them. Uh, they 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 emerged uh, more powerful than ever in America's universities and uh, in America's new, news media. So I think uh, Trump should uh, take a lesson of that. That it, the communists really taught us all a lesson about how to play against the uh, judicial system. Just fight it and fight it and fight it, and you can't fight it anymore. Ignore it. As they put you in prison, appeal and appeal and appeal and appeal and appeal. And I learned this all from Bob Bork, who was my constitutional law teacher at Yale. Hell of a smart guy. And uh, we should, uh, if every American could learn as much about law as I had the great privilege of learning from Bob Bork, this would be a much better country. Take that one step further, as you would say, or let's, instead of saying, let's go backward, let's go forward to your point Trump's base agrees with you 100 uh, percent. A lot of a lot of people. I'm sure there are a lot of Republicans that are scared to death to come out and say what you're saying. But the problem is, and Nixon obviously fought the same issue, is is having a Republican as your friend is uh, a dangerous. Dangerous. Sorry. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous. It reminds me of when I was my wifey. Saint of Saints was a student at George Washington Law School, and we parked our car in a big parking lot, and I had put a sticker on it that said "Israel is real," uh, and because uh, there's a lot of anti-Israel feeling on that campus, and someone uh, smashed the window right away, and uh, so I learned mm, better be careful about that. I don't have enough money to keep replacing these windows. So uh, the, the same thing is true. I think even in my very, very fancy neighborhood of Beverly Hills, I think especially there, if I had a sign of any kind praising Trump, uh, there would be vandalism, vandalism in my car immediately. Well, it was, it was as you were saying that, I was, uh, in the drive down, I was telling you, I have 
a couple of kids, African-American kids, maybe like 11 or 13 that uh, dog sit, uh, not dog sit, but take my dog out. And I had my uh, Trump 2024, 2024 hat on, on my table that you had given me. And in the interest of full disclosure, I took it off the table because I, I am not in the mood. I need somebody to walk my dog on, on, on these long trips that we go on. And, it, and you said, what it, it's amazing that this is what we have to do. That it's this terrifying, is what, terrifying, that, that, that terrifying. I'm, and I, how many times have I sat here on this show and said what the Democrats' secret weapon is, is the fear of violence today and gender. I and mean, when, when we had the summer of love, I guess it was the summer before last, and there are all these riots by Afro-American young people. Uh, I, I'm not even, I mean, about... Uh, police misconduct, and there definitely was some police misconduct. Uh, We we, we were horrified by it, but also people are scared by it. You see all these black people on television now in commercials and on shows and everywhere you look and billboards. And I think that's all because uh, black people threw a real scare into white people and uh, they're still, still throwing a scare into white people. And uh, it's, uh, it's just not how America's supposed to be run. We're not supposed to be run by a one of the political parties having its own uh, stern obtulum of uh, street fighting bullies uh, to enforce their point of view. But you see, it, 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 take, going to your point the other night, we're not supposed to live in fear. We're not. We're, Absolutely. We're not Absolutely a nation. Not. And, and, but, and, that's why, but that's why it's so incredibly effective because we're not a nation that was used to living in fear. But if the Democrats want to create their Sturm Abteilung uh, to uh, terrify and bully people who are not Democrats and who are conservatives or who are stand up for an innocent, totally innocent, unborn baby. If we have people who, are, who can terrify those who stand up for innocent baby infant life, we're really, really, really in trouble. And I think uh, we should be uh, another thing, very another alert, thing, alert to it. Another thing to thank Trump for. And what drives me, what drives me mad, and I don't care how many DeSantis lovers there are out there. Listen, I think he's a, I th- again, I think he's a good politician. I think he's done a great job for the great state of Florida, uh, but. This all, Mar-a-Lago happened in Florida, the raid happened in Florida, and I'm often curious where, listen, you have a hand, you have about 10 uh, Republican senators that will do anything for Trump and with Trump. You have about maybe 20 or 30 or 40 Congress people that will do, but where are the rest of them screaming in other special counsel? This is what we're going to do in other special counsel? Yeah, yeah, why are we, you're right, why are why aren't the Republicans screaming bloody mad about this? After all these special counsels, after all these witch hunts against Mr. Trump, none of which turned up even a shred of misconduct, they're going to do it again? The, the, the misconduct that was shown was actually by, by Hunter Biden and Burisma. Yes, and, and, we're not, and we're not seeing anything being done about that. Where is the special counsel? For God's sake, where is the special counsel about Hunter Biden? And again, they say they're announcing that they're going to do this. The House is going to do this. But as somebody brought up the other night, you don't need to be in charge to do these investigations. 
you don't need, you could have committees that you could, you're, you, even if you're in the minority, which the Democrats have proved, you are, you could, you could hijack and terrorize the Absolutely. other party. Absolutely. And, and, We've seen it. We've and, seen it happen over and over again. And it's a, and it's a real shame. And, and that's why I brought up the Stockholm syndrome. It's almost, first of all, there, there's, there, there, let's take two things aside. Mitch McConnell doesn't represent the Republican Party. I give him credit for one thing that he did for the Republicans, and that was uh, withholding the vote of Merrick Garland. Uh, I, 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 that was the one. And now he's turned out to be attorney general. That's rich. Yeah. <laughs> but Ben, he didn't end up on the Supreme Court. I know. Six. It's it, it. Right. He ended up because he wasn't. Mitch McConnell got him so angry that now he's on the. He, he's the attorney general, going after all the conservatives. But my my bigger the bigger question is it's almost like. It, 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 Somebody said the Republicans are addicted to losing. And remember when Trump promised uh, we'd, 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 we'd win so much we'd get tired of winning. I sometimes think people really took for granted the things that he brought to the table. And uh, it, it, it's a real shame because look at where we are now. Well, Trump brought a lot of things to the table. You know, it kind of fascinates me, very much fascinates me, that uh, we now have a Democrat party they're so clearly anti-Israel. And uh, the Democrat Party was supposed to be the party of immigrants and especially Jews. And now they're clearly the party of anti-Israel and anti-Semitism. And uh, wh why does that get, why does that never get mentioned? Why has that kept us a total secret down some rat hole somewhere uh, when uh, it sh should be brought up? I mean, it's no joke to be a political party that is a, a cradle and a safe house for anti-Semites. That's not, that's not funny. It's not, it's not cute. It's disgusting. And it's, it's amazing to me because a friend of mine was saying this to me. I don't even think they were joking when they said JML, and you've heard this, and which is Jewish lives, JLM, which is Jewish lives matter. And they don't. They, they, they not don't. to the Democrat party. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, it's, it's astounding to me that we still haven't had any kind of meaningful uh, investigation or trial of this lunatic madman who shot up uh, a baseball game practice of the Republican members of Congress. How did that happen? Can you imagine if Republicans had done that? It's, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. Look, we're living in a state of fear. I'm talking to you now from my bunker, which is a home I have, my wife and I, of course, we don't have anything separately, uh, and in uh, the desert. And, and uh, I'm, I'm here largely because I feel I'm safe here. It's, it's a guarded community. Uh, there, there are lots of police patrols here. I have lots of guns here. They're all bought legally with permits. And, uh, but I don't, I don't like the fact that I have to have that or even think about it. But you see, the biggest is this is the is the, the that old scorpion, uh, the scorpion adage. What and I'm forgetting the scorpion and the and the turtle crossing the street, and and the scorpion stings the turtle, and the turtle drowns, but the scorpion also dies, and the turtle drowning. He says, "Why? Why'd you do that? And we're, we're both going to die now." 
and the uh, scorpion says, well, it's just in my blood. And I, 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 don't, I think it's just in, in the, uh, some, some of the Democrats' blood to want to be violent and to scare their opponents with violence. Again, don't get me wrong. A lot of these people are African-American, and there's no doubt about it. The way Black people uh, who were slaves in America were treated before the Civil War was just uh, atrocious, unforgivably terrible. But that was a long time ago, and the people who saved them were the Republicans. No, nobody ever mentions that, ever. I just did. The people who saved the Black people of America were the Republicans, not the Democrats, the Republicans. No, you're, complete, you're completely right. And but it goes to the point of why is it, it, why has it become in the Republicans' nature to be these timid, it, it, we, we talk about it all the time, but it really needs to be, it, I, Trump showed one thing, and so did Nixon, in a sense. You could break through that fourth wall. You, you had, and Reagan did too, you could break through. And they, it's amazing how other Republicans don't learn from the people who have had success. Yeah, it is amazing. And uh, again, a Stockholm syndrome. I mean, as I say, uh, I wish you could have seen how much we learned at Yale about this, but I don't think you could learn it now at Yale. I think Yale has changed a lot. And uh, I don't think you dare go against the conventional wisdom, even in my wonderful alma mater, Yale Law School, which treated me so well, which I love so, so much. And if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to Saturday, uh, to Ben Stein. It is the Saturday Night Special. Welcome, RC Hookie, longtime fan. Uh, longtime, always, there's always my favorite thing about listening to the radio. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. But uh, welcome to the world according to Ben Stein on Rumble. And to the people that listen to this podcast, please subscribe to our Rumble channel. All you got to do is go to rumble.com. And subscribe to Ben's channel. And if you listen to us or watch us on Rumble, please go to Apple or any of the streaming sites and download the episodes or stream the episodes. It's really helpful. Please leave that comment. We do this for fun and for free. It's pretty much the only thing we ask for is that. I don't think that's too much to ask for Ben Stein's brain. And that's just my humble opinion. We're back with Ben Stein's brain is just a poor, pathetic mass of cheese at this point oh god you you said you sell yourself so short i i I, as i say to people i am blessed i get to have the best history lessons in the world i get to have uh the some of the greatest conversations not just about politics uh, but about life and i think it's really important and i think we've forgotten that ben i don't mean you and i i mean i think people out there have forgotten that life is important too life isn't just politics that, right. and, and, we, and, right. and and I think I think so much of that the Democrats have succeeded in making politics life and politics isn't life it's a part of life and it should not be people's sole uh, social intercourse in, in into life yeah exactly there's so much more to life than politics and in fact the many the many the morning or middle of the night is a I'm an old man, so I got up in the middle of the night, and which I'm thinking about all the horrible things that uh, have happened and incredible misconduct by various people, mostly women in L.A., towards me, who uh, treated me very, very badly. And then I think, wait a minute, just a few steps from here, 
is my wife, the absolutely number one best human being in the world. And no matter what else happens in the world, as long as I have my wife, just a few steps away from me, I am an incredibly blessed man. I might, I mean, Warren Buffett is a great guy. He's been kind enough in the past to be my friend, although I haven't talked to him for a while now. But uh, compared to having a, a wife like Alex, nobody is, is, is anywhere near as rich as I am. It's extremely well said. And it's, it's just, we're, we're meant to enjoy life. And I think part of the time, Ben, what they hate about us so much is even with all the shit that gets slung at us as being conservatives, the fact that we enjoy life bothers them even more. The fact that we, you know, we, we have that great guest on Man, Mandy Gunasekra, who's, uh, and I, I, I beg of people to follow her on Truth. Very and good. Mandy Gunasekra, and if you can, volunteer for her campaign. She is the future. She's a mother. She's a, she's a wife she she does so much and she's and like i said there she is she is feminism and that she's a true feminist and that's what they hate they hate watching us have these lives uh, and it, it drives them crazy it's it's like the bully in school that beats the kid but the kid keeps getting up and that's us and conservatives can't give up people that love this country can't give up because there's so much to live for. And I get this lesson and message from you. Well, God bless you. I, I, there, there's so much to live for and to love about this country. I mean, it's astonishing what a great country this is. It's just absolutely astonishing how much there is to love in this country. There's nothing, there's never been anything like this country. There's nothing, 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 nothing. Yes, before the Civil War, there was terrible, terrible abuse of black human beings. No doubt about that at all. It was terrible, it was disgraceful. But uh, in the last, uh, whatever it's been, 140 years, 160 years, life in America has been just fantastically great. And it, it gets greater every day, even though the people on the other side of the aisle politically are, in my opinion, genuinely trying to destroy the Constitution. It's still great every day. You're completely right. You're, you... Wait a second. I have to call over to my nurse, please. Nurse, nurse, yes, please bring me some shout. And he could let it all out. And uh, but Cosme, you bring up a really good point, and I and and I want to expand on that. What Cosme in the in the, in the rants has said is the left is very unhappy, and they want us to be unhappy. But the point, the problem, and and, and to Cosme's point though, is sometimes they achieve. And I read what people write. I love going to the comment sections. My favorite thing, really, before I read, when I read read an article or read people's posts, is I like to read the comments often because it, it, they tend to be. At the end of the day, yeah, we got this. The worst. We, we have this vile president. We have a vile people, just absolute atrocious, vile people in charge of our country. But we should not. Some, some, some parts of our country. I mean, they're not in charge. Right. They're not in charge of my my life. But, but that was my point. My wife. That was my point. They're not in charge of our personal lives yet. We control our happiness, and we control. Yes, we didn't take the the Congress like we wanted to by thirty seats. But you know what? Nancy doesn't have the gavel anymore. And, and you know what? I don't care if it, whether we take it by 30 seats or not. Yeah. I have Alex, for God's sake. Right. That's very true. But as far as what I'm saying is we have to look 
sometimes at the at, it, it, we, we take wins when we could take wins. And again, I want to get back to it just quickly. It's very important that Republicans go on the offense. It really is very important that Republicans go on the offense. And and it's uh, I, I, I pray that they do it, Ben. I just I pray, pray that they do it, too. Mr. Nixon had some rather sharp things to say about Republicans in Congress, as we've mentioned here. And uh, and unfortunately, they're largely true. Wait, what? Yeah, I someone uh, threw some ice cream at me at the dinner at our club tonight, and I have it on my beautiful blazer here, which is it's only one company in the world makes because I'm so fat. But anyway, uh, let's just uh, let's first of all, we have to love our country, absolutely love and worship the gift that God gave us by letting us be Americans. Letting, letting me be born in America, for God's sake. I was born in America. My father was in the Navy, but I was born in America while, while, while the Jews in Europe were being murdered, massacred in the cruelest imaginable ways. By the way, same way that the Russians are killing the civilians and raping the women in the Ukraine. And Judah and I don't have exactly similar views about Ukraine, I happen to think they're the greatest guys in the world right now. But uh, let's just uh, say to ourselves, wow, are we lucky to be in America? Wow, are we lucky to be in America? Let's say it to ourselves over and over and over again. I know, I'm very happy to hear you say that. We don't have the same views on, on, on the Ukrainian situation, but we could still talk about it. We don't have to get into arguments about it. And that's, it, that's the important thing is having discourse like I talk about all the time. But you brought up something very important, though, what you just said. Because I used to, I'll be the first person to say, and everybody knows I'm, I'm on the Trump train 101. Ben knows I was, I was, uh, I mean, I looked up to the guy as a kid. And in the beginning, I, 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 I didn't always think some, it's always very hard to take what he says literally and figuratively and, and all that different jazz. But when he says make America great again, and he, when he talks about this country, I really believe him. He's a builder. I I think he already did something to make yeah. America great. Yeah. I mean, if I may say so, of course, I'm a Jew, so I have special feelings about Israel. But uh, to the fact that he did what all the other presidents said they were going to do and didn't do and recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital, just as the Lord God, Jehovah, Lord of hosts and Lord of the high places did in the Bible, that makes him a pretty great man starting from day one. Uh, and let's not forget about reproductive rights and all of these. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. Of course. All, all good. Very good point, Judah. Very good point. Very good point. The, the absolute basis of everything is life. Mr. Trump stood up for human life more than any other president, even Republicans. And, and, not he, just and he did it and he did not back off about it at all. And let's not forget the biggest thing. The biggest similarity with Nixon was was God bless the peacemaker. And yes, the, yes, the peacemakers. Yes. And yes. it's not Nixon's exact quote. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Yeah, and I think it's something extremely, it, it's extremely, it, it's like they love to hit this guy and, and drag this guy for wanting nothing but peace. And secure, it, it, it's, it's, it, and, and, Listen, you could be a fake, you could be a fake or a fraud for a little bit, and, but he's shown himself, he showed his true colors through his actions. 
So did people like Richard Nixon. So did people like they 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 showed their true colors by their actions. I don't care how many tapes there are out there of Richard Nixon saying things or whatever it is. At the end of the day, the guy saved Israel. Yeah, and at the end of the day, he ended the war in Vietnam. The Democrats later screwed that up very badly. Uh, he he uh, made giant steps towards uh, peace with China. And unfortunately, those have now been largely undone. He made giant steps towards detente with the Soviet Union. That, unfortunately, has largely been undone. Uh, but uh, Mr. Nixon was, above all, a peacemaker. And that is a hell of a bit of praise. So, 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 so it's, it's sort of a fascinating thing to look at it. Going back to, 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 you, to Huey uh, Long, Nixon and Trump, they were peacemakers. They were builders and they were hated for this. They broke the status quo. They broke this idea of building and they broke this idea of that you don't need war. They broke the, the they broke the trend of of a constant flow of having. Listen, we're blessed with the greatest military in the world. That doesn't mean we should sacrifice our children for needless things that have happened for so long. And I think Trump realized that and, you know, he dropped one Moab. And I remember when everybody was so angry, conservatives were so angry that he dropped the, mo- the mother of all bombs. And I believe it was in Syria. And you didn't hear from them again. That was it. Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un believed that Trump was not what would actually do. He, we, we had peace and prosperity and it. it, it it's it's amazing how he was painted as chaos when it was when it was it was the exact opposite. Yeah, because he, he gives the impression of being a kind of chaotic person, but he's not at all. You cannot be a builder on the scale that he was a builder in Fun City and all over the country and all over the world, as far as I can tell, without being a peacemaker. You can't work with the unions and still be a warmonger. Anyway, I must go. I'm okay. very, very tired. And although Judah did all the driving going down here, and uh, I uh, thank anybody who is uh, brave enough to stay up uh, this late at night listening to us old people ramble on, ramble on, ramble on. What, who sings I, that, Judah? Ramble it's Led Zeppelin. Uh, Ramble on, sing that song. Okay, on that note, I want to thank the Rumblers, the Ranthers, the Truthers, everybody that follows us. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Remember, subscribe to our email, benstein.substack.com. That's benstein.substack.com. It was Saturday night. We hope we brought a little bit of levity and not levity to your lives and things to think about. We pray for you all. Uh, Don't live in fear, live in faith. Uh, And uh, Ben Stein, uh, you can find them on Newsmax, of course. You can find them at spectator.org. Please take us out. I can only take you out by saying, I'll say what I say to my wifey and I, a saint of saints, say every night, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And God bless you all for watching us and listening to us. We're very, very grateful and humbly. So thank you all. We will see you all Tuesday night.